morning, everybody. Welcome to the Running Anthropologist podcast. It's been a minute, but we are grateful to be here. Uh, here in Florida, we have surpassed and rebuilding from the hurricane. Uh, Tampa Bay, very lucky that we, um, we did not take the brunt, but we have a lot of friends and family who uh, were not quite so lucky, and we are, our hearts go out to them. We know that throughout our running community, we also support one another, and just building that and, and sharing with each other some of, the, some of the hope by keeping moving. We, uh, we wanted to bring to you this month uh, someone who's contributed a lot to the culture of half marathons and sharing about um, those little corners of running culture around the U.S. and across the globe that um, have amazing half marathons. Um, Terrell Johnson is a great writer. He's a journalist uh, and shares about uh, half marathons every week that you would love to read about and that I've loved interacting and sharing about myself. He has these great uh, interaction threads on Substack where you can uh, share back and ask questions. And he just is great with uh, consistency and contributing to the corners of running culture and learning about half marathons. We're excited to pick his brain about that and to hear some of his writing practices. If you ever consider writing about your own running and sharing with others, this is a great interview to learn about that. And just in general, to, to hear about uh, the practice of researching and going after uh, unique half marathons, the people, the places, the cool places that he's, the, that he's ran, some of his favorites. It's going to be a great interview. Stick around. Let's get started. And I'd like to welcome Terrell Johnson to The Running Anthropologist. So grateful that you're with us, and thank you thank you again for your time and being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, it's, um, it's been a long time since uh, uh, I've been able to connect with you because you mostly uh, are on the writing side of things, so I get to interact with you through writing and posting back and forth. If others have not connected mm-hmm. with you, uh, Terrell is one of the best writers out there recording uh, the culture of running and especially half marathons. So um, to learn all about those, uh, you can check out some of his writing and we're going to talk all about that. Uh, but I first want to get s- started just by asking you about how you got started on this journey, uh, running and, and writing. Yeah, yeah. So how did I get started? Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. you can do either or both, or if there's some kind of a, a tandem weaving between them, uh, you know, of how you yeah, got started exactly. writing about running would be would be awesome so, too. Oh yeah, definitely. So I've been I've been running for a long time since the '90s, uh, off and on throughout that period, but really ran in a serious way for the first time. Then really took it up for the first time. So I was an adult. I was in my early 20s and. Friends of mine uh, convinced me to run in the Peachtree Road Race here in Atlanta. Oh, great. And which is our big 10K on the 4th of July. Like 50,000 people come out and run it every year. And uh, it's a really a lot of fun. And I enjoyed that. And then another friend of mine I met uh, a year or two later was like, hey, do you want to run a marathon with me? And I was like, a marathon? <laughs> like I didn't, never would have considered uh, something that would be possible for me. Um, but I did. And... I trained for it and, you know, it was one of those things is like, I didn't know that I could do this. And I found out that I could through doing it. Um, and really to continue to run uh, a couple more marathons after that and 
run the Peachtree Road Race and just run regularly. And uh, then it was right around that continues for several more years and I'm just participating in running groups and things like that. So it's, it's a part of my life. It's just a, just a fun hobby around 2006. Um, I spotted this article in the Washington post on Google AdSense. And I thought to myself, you know, I think I could build a site and I could earn some money using Google AdSense. And so I was like, well, what is something I know something about running was it. And I sort of did some research on what's out there right now that people are already using. And there wasn't a lot. There was a couple of sites devoted to full marathons because especially like back then it was a big thing to uh, join one of these like team and training uh, efforts. Sure. And um, to then, uh, you raise money and they would send you to a great place like New York city or Bermuda or Dublin, Ireland, or a place like that to go run a, a scenic marathon. And, um, so marathons were really the big thing then it's like, it's like, well, that's kind of covered. And so, so what is available that the domain name marathons.net was available. So I was like, well, I know these are kind of popular too. I didn't even hadn't run one yet. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, the next spring, which is in 2007, um, Atlanta is now the Publix Marathon and Half. Back then it was the ING Marathon and Half. I realized it was a good idea because I remember back then you would go and pick up your number at the the race uh, expo. Mm -hmm. Sure. As opposed to having an email or sending the mail to you. And uh, I noted. Oh, lost you for a second there. Oh, sorry about that. No problem. Uh, I noticed they were like at the race expo, they had all the names of all the people and you know where you go to get your number. There were like two or three sheets of paper with people running the marathon and about 15 sheets of paper up there with people running the half. So I was like, ah, okay, so people are interested in this. So then I just kept building it. And this is just, is just something I sort of did whenever I could in my spare time. And around gosh, 2015, 2014, maybe, um, I noticed email is becoming a big thing. Newsletters like the skim were, were really, really okay. popular. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, uh, so, and I'd had a couple of experiences where like basically the primary traffic driver for the site was Google, Google searches. <clears throat> and so I noticed, um, it'd be really nice not to have to be dependent on Google searches for all the traffic. And so I started a newsletter and, um, at the time it was just like highlighting sort of themed lists of races that would be fun to race. Like, you know, races at the beach or races in the mountains or great races for first time half marathoners or, you know, uh, great races to plan a vacation around things like that. I started writing more, uh, in the, um, essay part of the newsletter and then that would resonate with with readers and so it was really an evolution over time and so uh, a couple of years after that i moved it over to substack and um they have and it, it, back then it was really just sending you newsletter content it wasn't all the tools that they have now so they've got video and audio now and i'm just beginning to dip my toe in working with those things but they really help create a sense of community around your newsletter. And that's been the thing that's been the most fun for me to, to see take shape and blossom is hearing from readers 
and seeing them in the comments and seeing what they say and reply back to me, but especially in the comments and the thread discussions. That's really a ton of fun for me. That's awesome. Now, for those that aren't familiar, uh, Substack is an, is an app which you can, and a website, mm-hmm. which you can use on your phone. That's right. And essentially, um, it'll, it's a newsletter format, but it also, as you mentioned, has some interactive tools. I, I've noticed, especially with the half marathoner thread, that people reply back to questions, and there's lots of uh, lots of discussion about whatever you posted about. People reply back mm-hmm. if they if they had run that half marathon, for example. Um, do you in in building your community? Um, over time, has, has Substack really been the focus, or has it been like the website where you present some of these uh, half marathons that you explore? You know, it's a great question. Um, I think the people do love seeing those featured lists, and so I try to find, um, you know, and I haven't run all of these things. There's thousands of them. I can't sure, possibly sure. have run them. But I just try to find, you know, based on my experience and based on just I've done all this research on all these races over the years. And so I have sort of have a mental map of where they are and what's taking place. And uh, I uh, I just try to come up with what I think our my readers are going to be interested in. And so it's been um, the thing that's really – like that's now that's now a part of the newsletter and it's an important part, but it's just one part. And I really feel like the interaction with the readers and the writing is sort of where my heart is in terms of what I'm doing on the newsletter. Does that? Yeah, that no, that's that's excellent. No, that's perfect. And I I understand that it's not physically possible for you to be in, you know, whatever <laughs> all all five to ten half marathons that you cover every week. Um, but you have done quite a few of them, and you know we've yeah. heard. The one that you started with uh, in Atlanta area, there's a great running community in Atlanta. Um, I love, I personally love the Publix Atlanta Marathon. Uh, which oh, I, so I ran you got it. Just before the pandemic, I, I got it in there. Uh, I guess it was, uh, yeah, so I, very, very grateful. That was a great experience. And also the Olympic trials uh, occurred the, uh, the, the same weekend. Just before everyone sat down, yeah. Yes, it, it was great. Um, but But I would also love to hear about you know, you spend all this time writing about half marathons. Um, you spend all this time communicating with others and helping them, uh, even with training for half marathons uh, through your training plan. What What are some of your favorites, and what do you think that? What, why do you think that they're uh, they were special, or what did you learn from those those particular places and and uh, events? Oh, I mean, some of my favorites are the both in, two in California, the San Francisco half was and then the big sur which is not a half it's a 21 miler okay they do have a half marathon but it's in monterey and it's running a different time of year it's an interesting uh group in that they have like a three or four different races during the year the big sur international marathon and um that was magical that was really really magical just the place is magical that you know the, the you're running it through through big sur and it's where all you probably we'll see two or three car commercials today that have been filmed there (laughs) and it's just just spectacular and in san francisco we ran across and back the golden gate bridge and that was really special then just through the streets of san francisco there have been um others like the one there's one here just this this little small one this uh, silver comet half um which is running oh sorry i lost you again terrell 
Oh, sorry. Yep, you're you're back. Yep. You're back. Sorry about that. Um, I was going to say that that's that's one that's really special on my list. The Silver Comet half. Um, um, I think there's the uh, not a, they do have a half, but the one I ran in Bermuda because that was my first marathon. That's always been a special one for me. And then one I ran in Washington D.C. was all around the monuments and just thousands and thousands of people out on the streets cheering everyone on. That was a really special experience. Yeah. I mean, even though it rained that day, it was I, crazy. I can relate to that. <laughs> it actually rained when I was running in the Marine Corps Marathon last time. And oh, really? But it, you know, it's such an I, I, in alignment with what you just said. It's just such a, a heartwarming and you know just very beautiful thing to run past the monuments and be part of that mm-hmm. weekend of experience um, in, in the capital. I, I would be interested in hearing, um, you know, of your recent uh, half marathons that you've run, um, any of those that you would recommend and, you know, maybe going into uh, the winter uh, this time of year, uh, which, which marathon, half marathons you're looking forward to? You know, I haven't run a half in a while just because having small kids myself has mm-hmm. made it difficult to devote all that kind of time, uh, all that time to training. So I've been running more like shorter races, like five Ks and 10 Ks. Mm-hmm. One that I has come, I've heard wonderful things about is the Key West half marathon. Now I don't know, um, how impacted it would be if Key West was impacted at all in the recent hurricane uh, Ian. Um, that is, I've been to Key West and I've seen all the places where they run. That's an amazing place, a really special place to go. Um, they're not quite as many in, say, you know, like late December and January. Okay. Um, there are lots of them in warmer climates, Texas, Florida. Um, you know, Arizona, there's an amazing set of races. I don't know if they're doing it again this year or not, but it was like uh, all these different distances that were run over like two or three days over the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day in Arizona. Hmm. Um, cool. Oh, that, those yeah. are great suggestions. Yeah, I, you know, going into the winter running season in Florida, I, you're absolutely right. There are a lot that that will be happening here. Um, mm-hmm. Ones that I always look forward to include the the Gasparilla um, uh, in Tampa, uh, the Gasparilla Half Marathon. Of course, there's the Disney uh, events, which include half marathons normally, and um, as well as in Atlanta. Not until the spring uh, you get into the half marathon season. There's the the Jeff Galloway uh, Half Marathon, which is up there. And I think that also follows uh, most of the Peachtree Road Race course. So they used to have that in December. I, I'd heard that. Was, yeah. Yeah, I right. heard that. And so I wonder if this is the first year or maybe this past year was the first year they moved it to um, to March. But I think that's a smart move because December can be so iffy here in Atlanta that uh, you could. Uh, can you hear me? <laughs> Oh, say that again. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. No, I was going to say, March is much, um, is probably much better odds for better weather in March than um, than December in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you on that. I I know it's marathon season right now, so most people mm-hmm. aren't uh, 
necessarily thinking about half marathons, but I always am. I think it's a, a wonderful distance. And I know that um, currently you write through the halfmarathoner.com or um, if, if someone were to try to find you on Substack, they would just search for the half marathoner, correct? Yes, that's right. Okay. All right. Just getting that out there in the middle uh, to make sure people know how to find you. Um, now, any tips? I, I want to get more into the writing because I, I feel like a lot of us, we really want to relay the, you know, the beauty of the races that we run, whether that mm-hmm. be, uh, like you said, a 5K, 10K, half marathon or a full marathon. There are ones that are really memorable and we wish we could somehow bottle it and share it with others. And I think you do a fantastic job with that. Like, you know, just getting the the nuance and the culture of a race. Do you have any tips for, you know, how did you get started writing in that way? And what, what are some ways that some, some things that you do to, to keep that fresh and to to write well? That's, oh, that's a great question. I'm a former journalist. And so I worked for newspapers and for the weather channels for weather.com and so i've had a ton of experience writing i was an english major in college and um i think i've always tried to there what i tried to do when i first started the website was pull in as many different sources as i could and so there were tons of people who would do these race reports on blogs back then back when blogs were a thing Uh Uh, and I would just, and I just do lots of research on the place and, um, you know, each, I try to find noteworthy or interesting things about the place where you're running. Uh, I just try to notice what I'm seeing and, you know, because of COVID, we haven't been able to go as many places though. That's obviously changed now and things are back up and things are open and races are going. Um, so, you know, I've probably turned to as much to, just running as a lifestyle or running as a hobby or running as just a way to get healthy. And, um, so I've turned a lot to books and look for inspiration from books, uh, nonfiction books that I love that I, that I hopefully are helping readers as much as they're helping me. Um, but I think that just that quality of noticing, looking around and noticing and seeing what you, you know, there was a wonderful little detail when I ran. I always love to share this. I probably shared it in half a dozen stories is when I ran the Bermuda marathon, kids would run up along with us and run alongside us and people would shout our names as we ran by. And I'm like, how in the world do they know our names? <laughs> well, that morning in the Bermuda newspaper, they had printed because it was only about 700 runners. They had printed it with our bid numbers and our names. And so people had the newspaper open. They would look at the number. They would look at it in the newspaper. They would shout out our name. We didn't know this until later. (laughs) How do they know who we are? That's amazing. That's such a nice, uh, you know, it's it's not quite as neighborly in a lot of races that um, you run in other places. Yeah, that's Um, the wonderful thing about the smaller races. I've noticed that you you write a lot about unique places, and I I appreciate the fact that you shared, you know, I I take time and I research these places. I think that's great Mm -hmm. advice for for anyone going to, let's say, a run to run a marathon, whether it be San Francisco or at a national park or in in another country, um, that they take their time and they really research, you know, what are the origins of this race? What is the character of it? And what is the, the community like, you know, that, that I'm going to be running through? 
Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think that comes through in your writing is that you really care about those places and those people that live mm -hmm. there. And that's part of discovering the culture of, you know, the, the culture of running and the culture of that particular event. Um, I, I was always interested as I, as I read through your, um, you know, your races that you choose, why you choose them and how, you know, how you go about highlighting those particular half marathons. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, what I try to choose are things that are going to be interesting that you wouldn't find on your own. And like, you're going to know about the New York City half. You're going to know about Boston. You're going to know about Chicago. You're going to, you know, any runner is going to be able to Google those things, you know, and you're going to be able to Google things near where you live. You're going to have heard of the bigger races already. So those I just I don't steer away from them necessarily, but I don't lean towards those because I figure, well, these are already going to be familiar. You don't need you don't need me to tell you about them. Mm -hmm. um, I try to find those little out of the way ones. And there is one. I don't think they're running it right now, but there's one in in Kansas, I believe. And it was. The, it was the race to the center half. Okay. And it was like the geographic center of the United States. This was literally the spot. There was a geographic center huh. and you finished on that spot, I think, or something like that. And I think, well, that's, that's kind of a cool, um, there are these wonderful little races. I mean, all around the world, there's wonderful little races in Italy that run through these just really beautiful parts of like Tuscany and different parts of Italy that I just, I think those are great ways to plan a vacation. I do sort of focus on that. One of the inspirations I've always had is they don't do it anymore, but the New York times used to have this travel section called 36 hours in, okay. and it would be like 36 hours in Barcelona, or 36 hours in you know Prague or whatever. And they would highlight all these things you could do in a weekend. If you got to go over there just for a weekend and just spend a, a day and a half in the city. And so I try to find, you know, places that you could, you know, you could fit it in as, as part of a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that idea. And it, quite a few of our vacations are now running vacations, but if, uh, if, if they aren't, you know, if we're just going to a place for a week or have to travel for work for whatever reason, then I always look up, is there a local race that weekend? Or is at least, is there a local route or a running club that I can meet up with? And you, you learn so much about the place and it's, it's nice to contribute uh, to that race if, if you're able um, I, I love that. And I, I would suggest that to, to anyone who's going someplace new. I think, uh, I think that's a great, great tip. Um, do you ever use like, um, audio or video recording when you're going on a run or is, is that just kind of stuff you keep up in, up in the locker, up in the head as, as you go yeah. to these events? No, I never do. I, I wear my watch. Sure. Be such a pain uh -huh. to carry my phone in that, that sleeve, you know, either on my arm or whatever. Um, you know, if you, I'm worried about dropping my phone. I'm worried about it falling out and then bursting into a million pieces, shatter, you know, like the <laughs> screen. So I don't. I I just I'm very impressionistic in the way that I think I look at the world and the, what I'd see and what I notice. And so if it makes an impression on me that I remember, then I think it's worth remembering, but I don't try to just capture every little thing. Sure. Yeah. I, I can picture as a journalist how that, that might be tempting to do so, but um, mm -hmm. you're right. You know, in, mm -hmm. in my experience, the, the impressions and the things that the little happenstance things are, are what's most valuable. 
Um, since you mentioned a little bit about your race routine and what you wear, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would love to hear more about, um, you know, you've done a lot of races now. Uh, do you have mm-hmm. any, any favorite things or any suggestions in, in pre-race or even in like, uh, you know, nutrition and, uh, preparation, anything that uh, comes to mind that you'd like to share? Uh, boy, the most important thing is the clothing to, so you don't get chafing. I've got big legs they rub together <laughs> so you know i mean the, the advances that we have nowadays on all the different kind of apparel that you can wear to to stop that because uh it really hurts <laughs> you know um in terms of like you know trying to be as consistent as possible it was it was pretty easy for me to be consistent when i was younger because i was single and i didn't the only responsibility i had was my job it's more difficult now having a family and young kids and that is that definitely a curveball if you're trying to be consistent that's why i don't try to train now for longer races is i just can't you know put aside that uh, amount of time each week and if you're going to train for these longer races, you really do want to be consistent. It's okay here and there, but um, as you get further into the training, someone told me once, it's like, if you're going to screw up, you really want to screw up at the beginning of things and not the middle or the end. <laughs> so you can miss a little bit of the beginning of the training, but as you get into those middle weeks, especially those later weeks, you know, you really want to get those, all those training sessions in because... I trained really well for the, the first marathon I ran and it paid off. I have had a good experience. I was tired, but I felt good the whole time. And the other marathons, I didn't train as well, but I'm talking about the full 26.2 miles. Right. And, you know, I ended up having a walkout a good bit. I didn't train nearly as much as I should have for the, the, um, the big Sur 21 miler. And I think I ended up walking the last few miles of that race. Cause just, I was out of gas. I had not trained the degree that I should have. So I remember I walked an entire mile at the San Diego marathon and I always felt like, gosh, you know, I wish I'd wish I'd put in more long runs and wish I'd put in some been more, uh, consistent. That consistency is, consistency is, is, is key. key. Okay. It's such an obvious thing to say. I know, but it's, it, it really is important. Yeah, no, it's good to remind because you're right. You know, even seasoned uh, distance runners will have a season where they're like, oh, I can't get everything in. Uh, but trying mm-hmm. to be consistent is important. And I know that you you do have, um, through Half Marathoner, uh, you do have some uh, some training groups that are a part of that mm-hmm. newsletter community. What, what's the approach to that? How Do people write back and forth? Or do they tell each other about the marathons that they're running in? What um, What's your experience with that? Yeah, no, that really got started during the during COVID because okay. before I was really just giving information just about races themselves. And these are ideas. You know, this is just this is basically the news center was like these are ideas and places you for you to go to run. And during COVID, there's no races. <laughs> They're all canceled all around the world. So I was like, well now what? <laughs> and then so that's when I got the idea for us to, because virtual races became much more popular. And so what can we do? Well, let's create our own virtual race, you know? And so I put together a training plan and just sent out emails, you know, four or five times a week 
on the days we were supposed to run, you know, here's what we're supposed to running today. And I've carried that through now for a couple of years. And honestly, I, you know, I wonder if I'll continue to do that just because now it's COVID is definitely in the rearview mirror. People are running their own races at their own times and their own schedules. And so it probably makes less sense now than it did during that time, because really then no other races, we could all be on the same page and all trained together. And now just, you know, it's just life has moved into a different phase. And so. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, one of the things that I wanted to highlight for listeners mm-hmm. in the case that they go exploring and checking out uh, either your Substack or the website um, is to note the, um, the, the number of uh, unique places like runs at national parks, runs mm-hmm. at kind of smaller communities that, that you've been able to find uh, in particular half marathons. And also, um, you know, that, that sense of community that you mentioned that, you know, if you post something like, you know, you reply right away. If someone has a question, you're, you're on there, you're reading the, the threads. And if someone wants to, has a question about a half marathon or has a question about, you know, some, something that you wrote about, you're, you're always right there. And that, that interaction is just so, so nice to have with, uh, oh, thanks. with, with a really good journalist, you know, with someone who has this, uh, this skill. So, um, in, in that same vein, um, things that I would, uh, you know, kind of look forward to or, or point people to look forward to, um, you've mentioned, um, a few of the books that you cover, um, and that you're starting to do some interviews with, uh, book authors. One of those mm-hmm. that, that I found was about, uh, the fastest mile this past week. Yes. Um, yeah. what, what was that experience like? You read the book and then you kind of reached out to the author and said, mm-hmm. you know, we could talk about this. Yeah, Neil is just a fantastic guy and really has been, uh, he is has his own stuff stack. So we've kind of gone, just connected over that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, because he reached out to me and then um, just when he was starting his sub stack, just for sort of advice, you know. And then, um, so then I put it together. Oh, wait a minute, he's, I've had his book, <laughs> you know, that he had written. And, um, and the funny thing is I hadn't read it. I had just been sitting on my shelf for years. And so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to pick this up and read it. And I've loved it. I've loved that book. And so I just reached out to him and said, Hey, what I find is a lot of these writers, you know, writing, as you know, is, it can be a very lonely endeavor. Yeah, <laughs> so sure. it's nice to have Substack has done a great job of creating a sense of community to the degree that they can, you know, we're not physically located in the same places, but it's a lot of them are in New York and a lot of them are in California, but they have done a lot to create a sense of community among writers. And so people feel free to reach out for advice and help. And, uh, and so, uh, he was very gracious and to take the time and, you know, I I was so impressed that it was all very fresh for him, even though he had done this research 20 years ago, you know, he did these interviews and did all the research, for the book and wrote it. I think he came out in 2002 or three, maybe. Okay. Not sure. Um, maybe 2004. I'm not sure. I take a look. But anyway, a long time ago, and his command of all the facts and those those memories was just like I can't. It was like not a day had passed. So I thought that was really neat. <laughs> and for those that are that have not heard it yet, you can check out your Substack. But. Um, Basically, it's about the three guys trying to break the the four minute mile back uh, mm-hmm. 
after the uh, after the Olympics in the in the early fifties, I believe it was. Um, right, nineteen fifty four. That really really neat story. Um, so uh, I guess as we close out, um, my my last uh, few questions would be, you know, if you had any advice for runners out there, a motto or a mantra that you follow, uh, what that might be, you know, and and what what is one thing you would want to share with uh, with the listeners in in your own voice? Oh, that's great. You know, I think um, make most of your runs easy runs. And if you get hurt, rest. Hmm. Rest is the hardest cure for, you know, a lot of runners are type A. And they run because they want to run and they want to be out there and they want to be, they want to be doing the thing that they love and they want to be, you know, get faster and, and compete if they're at that level. It's just really hard for a lot of them to rest. <laughs> but <laughs> rest is, is kind of a wonder drug for a running injury in the sense that, there are a few things that, you know, you can have surgery or you can rest. Hmm. And I know which one of those is preferable to me. <laughs> so um, it's hard to rest because you might have to lay off for a number of weeks and that can be really hard, but um, it works. And it has worked for me. I've had one really bad Achilles injury years and years ago that was incredibly painful. And I was just like, I just got to stop. So I stopped running for like a year and it was like, it never happened. Your mm. body will heal. And then I hurt, uh, earlier this spring, I really got some bad pain in my foot, plantar fasciitis, foot pain. And I was like, I got to stop. You know, it was just like someone had taken an ice pick and was just jabbing it at the bottom of my foot. It's such a common runners. I, I've heard several people in, in our group, you know, that have had it recently. So really yeah it's painful and it's kind of scary because you're like am i going to be able to walk again Mm. so you just got to stay off it you know and it's hard to stay off it but it works i'm I'm fine now that's great advice yeah and i um again i i'm really grateful for your your time for all i know i know that you're busy and you're writing a lot every day because i i see it out there and i would encourage anyone who's kind of interested in learning more about unique races and running culture. I uh, encourage them to check you out on Substack. Again, the half marathoner. Um, and anything else you'd like to you'd like to share about that? Oh, no. I just thank you so much, Mark, for the time. It's been great talking with you. And uh, I really appreciate it. I've really enjoyed this. But great me, to connect with you. Me too. And uh, it, get out there. Enjoy it. Happy running. Hope the, hope the fall season is, is wonderful for you. Awesome. Thank you. You as well. Take care. All right. And thanks everyone for listening to the Running Anthropologist podcast. It was such a such a great experience to sit down with Trell and get to hear all of his all of his insight about writing, about half marathons, exploring all over the United States and abroad. Uh, some of the ways that he writes about these places and how he thinks about uh, preparing for uh, an important event. So until next time, I hope that you'll uh, take a chance to check out our blog site, runninganthropologist.com, where I do write about running culture uh, on a monthly basis, and we'll interview someone that has a unique perspective to share with our running community. And uh, in our next uh, few episodes, we'll be focusing on marathons and, uh, and half marathons. So 
If you have an opportunity to, you can write in or comment uh, with your favorite event, your favorite distance event, or perhaps a unique corner of running culture that you've been a part of. Someone we might interview, something we might learn about. We'd love to hear about it. Check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Running Anthropologist. And until next time, wish you and yours happy running.